0: radio influence the future is now as america's zone coach premier thought leader and the world's number one coach of champions jim fannin is the go-to person he has guided the careers of the best pro athletes from 10 sports and business executives from 50 industries he has coached individuals families relationships and students in simplifying and balancing their lives for more than 40 years from winning wimbledon the world series and a gold medal to losing 68 pounds saving lost marriages or overcoming financial ruin
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. I'm Jim Fannin. I'm with my sidekick producer, Seth Hurd. Hey, Seth,
2: what's up? Hello. This is going to be an excellent show. We've got a football coach a little bit later on that has got a a really compelling story that's going to hit home with you. But as always here on the Jim Fannin Show, we always get started by looking at the score success system and who is in the zone. Doesn't matter if you are a CEO or a soccer mom or an athlete or anywhere in between. We can always look at the world class performers that had an amazing week and break down something that we can all use. And I think the theme of 2018 is this is like the year of the unbelievable sports.
1: Oh, it's play. incredible! I'm. I mean, I we've seen the greatest endings to football games, and I know it's going to happen in basketball coming up uh, with March Madness. We're going to see the same thing. Uh, The underdog is not the underdog in their mind, that's for sure, and belief and expectancy uh, in the last minutes when uh, uh, defeat has uh, taken over a stadium, and let's talk right off the bat the minnesota vikings you're in the zone that's uh incredible what happened
2: if you didn't see the game i don't know that we can really do the recap justice as well as actually just getting on youtube and seeing the play but odds are that if you're on social media at all if you turned on any kind of news outlet just an unbelievable last play with casey keenum and stefan diggs uh and man you want to talk about belief and optimism but you know the la- we've touch on optimism, really in the last three episodes, maintaining optimism down to the very final seconds when it doesn't look like things are going to go your way.
1: Well, this was a game where uh, Minnesota dominated the first half. The, the Minnesota defense was swarming Drew Brees. I've met Drew Brees. Uh, what, a, what an awesome human being. Uh, he's a zone performer for sure. Uh, you never see a Drew Brees offense stymied like the Minnesota Vikings did in the first half. However, it was a tale of two halves. In the second half, here comes Drew Brees leading the charge all the way down and taking the lead. And um, the game is over. There's no time left on the clock. Minnesota has the ball. Uh, They have time for one play, and and once that play uh, begins, the time ends. The game is over. And uh, what a miraculous pass. Uh, Diggs fields the pass. I don't know how they kept from tackling him. I don't know how he kept from falling down. I don't know how he kept from going out of bounds. But obviously he pranced in 61 yards into the end zone. Minnesota wins. And the disbelief on both sides of the field was pretty incredible. And, of course, the Minnesota fans... Uh, They went literally berserk, and uh, New Orleans fans, uh, you know, uh, they still haven't recovered, still (laughs) have not recovered, and can't believe. Drew Brees cannot believe that right now while he's fishing somewhere in Louisiana,
2: he cannot believe he's not playing football. You know, I love to read. I love books. However, there was a word that I really hadn't heard used much before, you know, my life collided, and here I am on the Jim Fannin Show, and that word is fastidious uh, and so that's that's a word that you use multiple times in the blueprint which is going to be out coming up here in february you can uh, you can pre-order on amazon.com or wherever you get books right now but fastidious and if you can h- even help me with the text- textbook definition it's being diligent about the details that's that's a good summary it's of the paying words, attention
1: right? to details and champions are fastidious And they're fastidious, especially in how they prepare. And the one thing about preparation, I mean, preparation is crucial. And both of the teams, uh, Minnesota and the New Orleans Saints, the script for the plays were predetermined, written out, and the preparation was there. And if you look at the second half, The details of how uh, the Saints came back, that was paying attention to detail. I know at halftime, there's usually Polaroid shots, because you can get it real quick, of a one-on-one between the offensive and defensive line, the matchup. And they'll go through, fastidiously, they'll go through what they need to do in, uh, in the second half. And I guess you have to ask yourself, am I fastidious? Do I pay attention to detail? And we all have a blueprint. Obviously, that's the name of my new book that's coming out in February 27th, The Blueprint, A Proven Plan for Successful Living. That blueprint is to help you become fastidious in preparing a a great life. And, but boy, once you're prepared, hopefully you're prepared for adversity because the higher you go, all the way to the Super Bowl, but maybe your own Super Bowl in your own life, you know, that presentation where if you do well, you're going to get a promotion, you're going to get more money, you're going to become a partner, you're going to become senior VP, whatever it is, Um, hopefully you're. Fastidious in your preparation, uh, but you need to be fastidious in preparing for adversity. You get ready to go into that meeting, you can't find a parking spot. Oh my gosh, it's the biggest meeting in my career. I, I I can't find a parking spot, and you're driving around, and and now I'm going to be late. And then you spill coffee on your uh, on your suit, on your tie. Holy cow! And you can freak out if you're not prepared. Or adversity. And the best in the world, Seth, they look adversity in the eye and they don't blink. In fact, when adversity does arrive, if you don't have a pre-plan on how you're going to deal with it, it's so easy to choke. It's so easy to become a victim of the circumstance, a victim of the condition that you're in, a victim of the situation. And then here comes the ugly judge in you judging anybody and everybody sometimes even judging yourself as you berate yourself well if that occurs you're not fastidious or have not been fastidious in preparing
2: for that adversity one other team we've got to mention in the zone talk about how self belief is an integral part of the score system we do have to shout out also to the Philadelphia Eagles Carson Wentz goes down with an ACL tear there And and the season's over. No, it's gone. Oh, yeah. I I quit. I mean, I I wrote them off. wasn't paying any attention. This guy still
1: could win the MVP. He's got enough games under his belt. He was MVP definitely for the Eagles, maybe for the entire league. This guy, what a performer. He's gone. He is out for the season. Everybody in Philly, I'm sure, is just like, you've got to be kidding me. Because they were on a roll. And uh, what a fun time to be in Philly under uh, Carson Wentz's uh, leadership. But he's gone. What, What do you do? And here comes someone that used to play for them, relegated somewhere else, has had success, and now he's a backup. And now the next thing you know, he's
2: starting Nick Foles. And he is awesome and he's a name that we can't blame you if you haven't heard like if you've got teenagers about I, I bet that they didn't ask for a nick Foles jersey for christmas
1: but man he had his I, moment i do, and he I do up. not have a nick Foles jersey <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: <I'm a> bobblehead <laughs> i have a bobble i don't have a bobblehead he, he he came into his moment and you know i don't know necessarily that the fans were super excited about the fact that carson wentz wasn't there the press was pretty hard on him, rode off the team, and here they are a step away from the Super Bowl.
1: Well, if you look at someone like a Nick Foles, you know, here he is in a moment of truth game. Uh you win the game, you're now going to the conference finals, one game away from the Super Bowl. He obviously is a smart guy and he he, he knows the stakes uh and, and you know what what's at stake uh for his performance. And I'm, I'm sure he was fastidious. He knew the first 10 plays he was going to Play those are typically scripted by the head coach or the offensive coordinator. He needs to get in the zone and he needs to be prepared for adversity and he needed to put on blinders and have this feeling there's no place I'd rather be in the moment where I am right now and he did that uh led them to victory um, fastidious, exemplary. And, and now he's going to the Super Bowl. There's a lot of lessons to be learned from him because a lot of people in that situation could have tried, tried too hard. And i I've mentioned this many times and definitely my clients, the best in the world don't try, T-R-Y. In fact, they look effortless. They look like they're not trying. And i T-R-Y, I've let that be to ruin yourself. And if you got young kids and you want your kids to show you how much they're into it and that they're giving their best, you want to see them try. And what do they do? They look up into the stands. It's a moment in a you know, third-grade basketball game or whatever it is, Little League, and they look up in the stands at mom and dad. Mom's encouraging them to try, to show that you're trying. What do you do? You clench your jaw, which is the anti-score system approach to being relaxed. They tense their jaw, they furrow their brow, and they clench their fist, and they show mom and dad, I'm trying to ruin myself. And that's really what try is. Uh, When you're in the zone, it is a purposeful calm. And it's a feeling mentally that is also expressed physically. Your breathing goes down to six to eight breaths a minute. This is while you're performing. Your jaw is unhinged. Your tongue is out. That's LeBron James puts his tongue out when he goes to the bucket. Or Kevin Durant. Or or you watch Stephon Curry. Watched him last night. Uh, uh, Throw up a few threes, which he's an expert and fastidious about executing. But he's always playing with his mouthpiece. So he's relaxed. It's a purposeful, calm feeling where nothing can go wrong. That is the zone. It has five elements that need to be all at a high level to bring this zone state on. Self-discipline, blueprint is part of it, but self-discipline for the task at hand, fastidious, prepared, concentration, no place I'd rather be than where I am right now. I'm here. I'm locked in. Optimistic, that means I can do this. I, I'm doing this. And, and that's a real, it's more than faith, Seth, and it's more than belief. It's expectancy, and it's a sense of knowing. But there's also simultaneously to self-discipline, concentration, optimism, it's being cool. It's being relaxed. It's ha- almost having your shades on, you know, uh, on a on a cloudy, rainy day. I'm cool. And and then last and not least, if you need a shot of dopamine, you got to enjoy it. Even in an intense situation, enjoy the challenge, enjoy the moment, even enjoy adversity when it arrives. And that's not for everybody, but it is for the champion.
2: And you talk about just keeping your score awareness. And then once you're aware, you can usually fix it really quickly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I also want to add, you know, in a research project in, back in 1974, we, we discovered that every human on this planet, from my grandson who's three months old to Seth and I uh, sitting here in the studio, we all have a score level, and you can uh, interchange score level with attitude. It's the same. I, I remember my father... Uh, in in Little League, I'm at bat. My dad's yelling at me from the stands. Here I'm facing, you know, opposing pitcher. I'm in Little League. I'm in uh, in the batter's box. And my dad, be positive. Come on, Jimmy. Have a good attitude. Let's go. What is that, Dad? What do you want me to do? What's a good attitude? And all I knew to do would be to furrow my brow and clench my jaw and grab the bat tighter to show my father... I got a good attitude, pops. I'm there. And um, obviously, years later, that's not what needs to happen. I need to be purposeful, but I also need to be calm.
2: So making sure that your score system is where it's at. Man, once you're mindful of that, I've got to confess, I got married in 2015. I had lost my first wedding ring within four days so if, by the way if you happen to be on vacation in north carolina if you want to take your cell phone flashlight and like look down the hold, up, the hold, sink hold drain, hold, hold
1: up this is a score <laughs> amanda must have wanted to kill you uh, she wasn't real thrilled four days no the old i can't find my wedding ring come on
2: seth <laughs> And i never did find that one so well, I, i'm glad you have one on now well yesterday i went uh oh! I I take it on my wedding ring to to do some dishes because you can you know chip the dishes uh, with your wedding ring, and I went I can't find my wedding ring and I look all around the house and then it was in my pocket and what I realized right there I was like uh oh I'm low on rest I better get a good night's sleep tonight because tomorrow's a big day we've got the show I've got some other stuff to do so those little sign like that sign right there. Told me that my score level was a little off and I was able to correct it and come in and have a great day today.
1: Yeah, and you're right. One once you're aware of any of these components that are low, the awareness uh improves it almost ninety percent of the time. So, you know, we're all awake, Seth, but we're just not all, all aware. aware. We're not all aware. Well, let's let's get to our guest, because uh this is a gentleman that I met by coincidence, although there's no coincidence. And um I'm looking forward to having head coach, Teddy Keaton, football
2: coach, having Teddy on the air. Well, this is maybe one of the most unique challenges that I've ever heard of in the sports world. If you could imagine that, you know, you're you're doing your job, and let's just say you're a coach, and you think about different things that could happen that are going to be challenges. For example, a player could get hurt, or you're best assistant could wind up taking a head coaching job somewhere else but you probably didn't think i wonder if my college is just going to not have football anymore and that's exactly what teddy keaton our guest today got and you know fortunately he'd met jim fannin back in 2014 in a hotel lobby and wound up changing his his trajectory from there so first of all teddy if you could tell us well, it, that meeting
1: was It was an intuitive meeting. I, I'm in a lobby in a hotel in Dayton, Ohio, and I'm waiting on a wedding party. I'm there for my daughter's wedding. And in walks, uh, obviously, a team of athletes. They look like athletes. I've been around athletes. I, I, knew, <laughs> I knew this was a football team, young men. And I said, are you all any good? Now, throwing that out to a group of young men, I could have gotten all kinds of answers from, hey, old man, what are you talking about, to uh, whatever. And the response from multiple players really, really blew me away. They were polite. They were kind. They were businesslike. Uh... They were young men that looked like they were going somewhere. And at that moment, I thought, i got to meet the head coach and just tell him what a great group of men he has assembled. And acorns don't fall far from this head coaching tree, that they were really embodied uh, an awesome young man uh, in today's society that you'd be proud to have any of them as your son. And that's exactly what happened. so as the team goes through the lobby, uh, in walks what I perceived to be the coach or head coach and Teddy, that's when you and I first met. And I, I don't know what you thought on that meeting. Who's this strange guy <laughs> talking to me, but, uh, share a little bit your thoughts on when we
3: met. Uh, that is exactly what you said. I, I, I was like, who is this guy? Um, As a matter of fact, he talked, he said, I just want to tell you how mannable your kids are. And and mind you, we get that a lot when we go off to hotels because I try to tell our kids, you know, when we go somewhere, we want to act like you've been raised and like somebody has taught you how to have some discipline and and be respectful because you never know who you might meet. And in that instinct, I met somebody that I That's changed my life since I've met him. And, um, you know, we went downstairs, we talked a little bit, and I was telling him about my team, my situation. Um, We just was, we were there for a homecoming for another team, and he was there for a wedding. And I went upstairs immediately after we finished talking, and I Googled him. And I said, Oh wow, this is Jim Fanning. He's the world's greatest golf I mean, he co- coach, you know, mental conditioning coach. And most people don't know that I'm big into the mental conditioning part and I had never met one, but I finally met a guy and I was I was very pleased. So about mm, maybe a couple hours later I saw him again downstairs in the lobby. I walked back downstairs, he was reading the paper and sitting in the chair waiting, um, as most husbands do, waiting on their wives and waiting on their daughters and waiting on orders to where they're going to go next.
1: (laughs) Uh Yeah, that was exactly what was happening. What
3: do I do next? (laughs) So he was sitting there being a great guy and just chilling, and I walked over and I started talking, and, and he asked me, could he speak to the team? And I was like, I would be honored. At first I was thinking, how much is this going to cost me? This guy, <laughs> you know, one of the greatest, you know, um, mental conditioning coaches in the world. What what am I supposed to, I don't have anything to offer him. He said, no, I'm going to do it for free. I just want to meet this nice group of young men that you have bought here. So the next day proceeded and we went and we was getting ready for pregame and I had scheduled for him to come and he came in. And everybody was sitting around and everybody was waiting on him to, you know, give this performance. And he set up and he talked. But he, he did something that I think that even the trainers and everybody else that was around me at that moment in time, when he took the ball and he circled us all up. And the only way that ball would work is, is everybody was in connect and unison. If the energy was bad, that ball wouldn't light up. Um, he got it and he made somebody break apart. It didn't light up. He put everybody back together. The ball lit up. And it was amazing. And I think everybody from that moment understood that how their energy transfers to each other. And I, and I kind of build off of that from the rest of the season. I kind of talked about being that positive energy, being that energy no matter what we're faced with right now, even the moments of adversity that we may come to remember how we look at it and how we perceive it. We even came up with a term that we started saying, so what, now what? So every time that energy would get bad or somebody would get a negative thought, we would always just go back to being positive about the situation that we was in. Okay. I like,
1: I, I like that and and um uh it, it and, and then I followed you and I remember getting a a a downer phone call from me. Uh I remember you calling me and telling me uh you were in uh Alabama. Uh, with your school and telling me that the school is going to drop the football program. They needed money. You and I were putting our heads together. I was even going to come down and give a speech and donate the money to the school. And, uh,
3: but that was really a tough time for you. Tell me about that. There's no doubt that was probably the lowest moment in my life. I had never watched a program get taken under from under your feet, you work so hard to get the kids and young men um, to the point to where they believe in you, and they came all the way across the country from different walks and different areas of the world to be a part of your program, only to be told that it's going to be pulled away from you. And, and and it probably didn't. It just didn't. It didn't affect me. It affected everybody around me. And as the leader, you got to be able to hold it together. So I and took-
1: and, and there's really nothing that you could do. I mean, this is out of your control. There is no money to field this football team. Nothing you can do about that. Nothing. But you tried. You did try to raise money, which is pretty amazing.
3: I did. I tried every avenue that I could think of. I called you. I called friends that I knew. I called ex-NFL guys. I called anybody that I could know that was associated with anything that could help me rejuvenate and get the money that I needed to be able to carry on that football team. But to despair, it did not happen. Um, I fell into a slight depression. I had went through a divorce in my time that I was at Stillman. Uh, Not only did I lose my football team, but I lost my family, what I have known as a family for 17 years. Can you imagine the toll that it took on young men at 36 years old, that had to, you know, went from being the happiest moments of his life to almost down in the pits of his life.
1: You know, Teddy, I think we've all faced adversity, but this is relationship, family, career, adversity, culminated at one time. We're not prepared for that. I know you weren't prepared for that. And that impacted your discipline, uh, your vision, your hopes, your dreams. Um, football coaches, you know, you all are a strange breed in the fact that you put a lot of happy eggs in one basket. You all are infamous for watching game film over and over, you know, 16 hour days. A lot of coaches sleep there, you know, they, They have families, but they say, it's football season. I'll see you when the season's over. And you spend a lot of hours like that, and then you wake up and and you have nothing. What did you think? What really went through your mind when you finally realized, I don't have a job and I don't have a family? What, What was your thoughts?
3: Everything that I ever believed in, faith, God. Everything had went into question because if, I always said that if if, if you love me that much, why would you do me this way? Why would you take everything that I loved, everything I breathed, everything I eat, everything that I've ever wanted? The people that loved me the most, no matter if I won or lost, those people were there. Um, how could you take all this away from me at one time? And there was there was so much that was put on a man's shoulders that I don't even know today I still don't know today how I overcame that much adversity at one time it would cause some man to break
1: well the one thing that you had and it, and it's like a little tiny flower in a desert and it's bloomed everything around it is not going well and you had that one flower of hope and it 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 never completely uh, uh, was uh, uh, it still flickered. It was still alive. And I think that little bit of hope of running a football program or being a a vision, a dream of being a coach prowling the sidelines uh, of an NFL team uh, or running a, a new program you still had that flicker of hope, Teddy, and I I know you and I talked after this time, and one day at a time, you kept sending out that positive vibe. I'm sure during that time, you were sending out a negative vibe. uh, You became a victim of the circumstance, a victim of the condition, uh, the victim of the situation, and I'm sure you started judging anybody and everybody, maybe even yourself, but that little glimmer of hope of you being a champion, that's really what uh, helped you rebound from the basement uh, of where you found yourself and almost use that tough time as a springboard. When did that flicker of hope uh, start to pick up speed?
3: Well, it actually started in February of 2017. Uh, I got a phone call out of the blue. Mind you, I was out of a job. I was really worried and concerned. I I was down to, I had ran out of all the money I had saved up because I was trying to pay a car note, uh, a truck note, and trying to pay my rent. And it was really, really, I was struggling. And and I didn't know whether I was going to get a job. I didn't know if I had a job. I had interviewed with a lot of people. And and I had almost given up. And and out of a suit, Reginald Ruffin picked the phone up and called me and said, hey, I don't want to interview you. I want to offer you a job. And I'm going to pay you X amount of dollars. Wow. Yeah, that's a score break, a maker, a a zone maker. You must have hung
1: up from that call going, wow, thank you, God. Uh, That must have been a a humbling moment for you.
3: I cried. And I thought he was playing. And he said, if you look in your mailbox, I sent the contract three days ago. You should have got it. If you got it by now, I said, well, how did you get my address? He said, don't worry about that. It came. The contract was there, and it was the exact amount that he said it was going to be. Oh, my gosh. To cover car note, truck note, my rent, and everything I needed to take care of at that time. And he even offered housing for me to come stay in Birmingham if I needed it.
1: That's amazing. But you know what? Hope can do that. And you're a zone performer, Teddy. I I I met you in that hotel lobby. I knew you were a zone performer because I looked in the eyes of your team and I could tell that they had that glimmer of hope, positivity. And I knew most of that came from you. And then you started building one day at a time on that hope. And, You changed your mindset. You got back into being a zone performer. Tell me how that went.
3: Well, what happened is is I met a young lady. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. I don't know how that happened. She's 12 years my... I'm 12 years her elder. I met her and she changed my life. She... She kept me, when I got out of focus, she would always remind you that you're Teddy Keaton. You're the guy that stood up in front of the student body and told everybody that you were going to win. And you did it. You were the guy that they told that couldn't, wasn't supposed to win four games in a season, and you won seven. You were the guy that they told you you couldn't get new uniforms, and you made it happen. You a, a A thousand people depended on you, and when you spoke, it meant something because you believed in it. And she always reminded me if I ever felt like I got in a drought, don't forget you're Teddy Keaton. Don't forget that. And then Jim Fanning would call out of the blue some of the most opportune moments in my life. I haven't heard from him in three, four, maybe a month, two months. And Jim would call and check in. How you doing, coach? Is everything going? I'm at Miles. That conversation would go as it would go. And then every time I got off the phone with him, I would always feel a little bit more blast of energy. And that, and she gave me that same energy that Jim gave me. So in December of this past year, I married her.
1: Wow. And she's a lucky woman. Let's let's uh, make that clear. Uh, 1 plus 1 in your all's relationship, I know, equals far more than two. <laughs> you and her together equal more than a, part. Now, what, a what a great team. And, and then, I, I, you know, I told you that I, I was going to write a little bit about this book uh, in my new book that I, I was going to mention our, our meeting. And I remember you telling me, well, I, I wish you hadn't put it in the book because my story wasn't done. Jim, I got married. You told me that. And then you called me with the best news possible. Uh, Tell me about that, how that happened, and how you wound up now in Columbia, South Carolina.
3: On December the 16th, I got married (laughs) to the love of my life. She even sung to me coming down the hallway It's a song that I always will keep in the back of my mind. Because anytime I lose focus, I just listen to her sing that song to me. That's how much she means to me. Five days later, I get a phone call from the previous president of Stillman College and said, I said, I want you to be my next head coach at Allen University and bring back football. I said, well, do I need to come interview? Do I need to do anything? No, you already—you don't need to interview. Here's what I'm going to pay you. Here's what you need. This is what I got for you. And I expect I'm going to make you an offer that you can't refuse. Wow. Wow. Teddy, at that, I
1: wish I was a fly on the wall uh, with a a video camera and a soundboard to to see, hear, and actually feel. When he said that, how did you feel? That's a zone moment.
3: I don't, I, I, I can't, I was so overwhelmed with emotions that here we are, Two years later, removed from a situation where I was at the lowest point of my life. I had been almost lost every penny that I had saved through a divorce, the whole nine. And here I am happily married and I'm back at the helm of a pro- football program. And I got the possibilities of making everything I've lost doubled in a possible of two years. Wow
1: belief expectancy and knowing optimism and, and teddy i by rekindling your optimism you attracted definitely this opportunity so so tell me about the new university tell me the challenges i mean all of a sudden you you're in uh, a new university columbia south carolina and tell me a little bit about the university but it's still a daunting task to go from zero to 60. No players, uh, n- nothing. Y- you're starting this program uh, brand new.
2: Well, you, you, you put it so graciously, you know, the, the president called you to bring back football. That's a lot bigger elephant to eat <laughs> than just that sentence sums up.
1: Yeah, you, 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 yeah, Teddy, you don't need a defensive right tackle you don't need a free safety. You don't need a new quarterback. You need everybody. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I, I say that to the most people. This is a monstrous challenge. To me, it's, it, it, I love challenges. A challenge like this. When you walk in, there was no. There's no practice field. There's no locker room. There's no smell of a football team. There's no no nothing. Not a jersey. Not a pom pom of nothing of a football team. But to be embraced by the people, when I came here, I felt as if though I was Nick Saban and I had just won the national championship and everybody was elated and I was the man of the hour that everybody was waiting to see. And I haven't had that feeling since 2007 when I won my first arena championship. And I haven't had that feeling. And I have to say that the energy that they gave me coming into Allen University has given me a a motivation that it doesn't even feel like work. It seems like everything's falling into place as it should go. Players are committing to me. Coaches are calling to want to work for me. The the guys are coming this afternoon to walk and let my vision be shown on the locker room, the, 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 the weight room. And and, and it feels so good to be able to say that I'm the expert and everybody's looking at my opinion on what I want to do.
1: That is an amazing uh, turnaround. This is really an example of success is getting up one more time from defeat. Tell me just a little bit about the university. We need to give them a, a shout out. Uh, just tell me about it how, how big is the
3: school? Where is it located? Tell me about the university. Allen is located in Columbia, South Carolina. It has about eight hundred students in it. It's a, a STEM school it's about science technology and, and and it was provided for it was found by the AME church, which was used to um, create um, young black ministers. Um, it's a very, very got a lot of enriched history in it. Um, I, I'm overwhelmed. I was just in they call it chapel, and I just learned that a a guy that was here that was played an instrumental role in segregation of schools was a, a actually a, a student here at one point in time and an alumni here. He wow. was responsible for the world in segregation, but next to the brown and boy, his last name is Delancey. Um, he was next to Brown versus the Board of Education, Brown versus the Board of Education. And, and, and it was real interesting to be able to hear that and, and, and know that I'm a part of that history, just to see the old buildings and, and how well they were taken care of. You can see the history in the school. It almost feels as if though it has a, a history, a past, and it's screaming for a future.
1: I'm I'm fired up because I need a, an Allen jersey. I, I got to start wearing some Allen colors. And uh, now your program it's starting this fall.
3: This fall we're going to play five games, um, and we're going to compete in NAIA. The app we're going the conference we're in is the Appalachian Athletic Conference. Um, it's the it's in the Carolinas areas, and it's going to be very competitive for me. It's going to be something new. And, and as I said, I, I'm always welcoming challenges. Um, I think the situation that I went through prepared me for the situation that I'm about to go through. Because if I never went through the situation at Stillman where I suffered that much failure, I don't think I could be resilient for some time when people say no, or some time when things don't go the right way. And now I just use my term as I shut my door when some. Does not go the right way? I say, so what? Now what? We got to have an answer. We got to figure out a way to get it done. And I find myself every day falling into a zone, especially when it comes to recruiting, that it's almost to the point that I can't go to sleep at night because I'm so excited that I want to deliver to Allen University. As much as they deliver to me, I want to give them all of that and then some.
1: Well, I want you to know that the Jim Fannin Show, we're fans. Uh, we're going to be pulling for Allen this fall, and anything that uh, I can do, that we can do, uh, to help you, Teddy. Uh, you know I'm going to
3: be there for you. Thank you. I have a slogan that I have all, that I talk about all the time: difficulty takes a day, impossible takes a week. I'm trying to make the impossible possible.
1: Uh, let's do it one step at a time, Teddy Keaton. Uh, You are definitely uh, one of our Zoniac champion performers. I appreciate you being on the show and we got to have you back too. We'll have you back uh, soon to talk about the team and talk about your progress. And uh, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to to having you back on the
2: show. Literally from an empty patch of grass to a team in less than a year. I'm, I'm excited to see this unfold.
1: Awesome! Thank you so much, Teddy. Happy New Year! And uh, what, what's the what's the mascot? What's the 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 team?
3: The Yellow Jackets.
1: Let's go, Yellow Jackets! I'm getting <laughs> fired up. <laughs> Thank you. Dude. Thanks, Teddy. I'll talk to you really soon. Have a Zone Day. Thank
2: you. Wow, man! You want to talk about somebody that that had the option to quit on optimism? And didn't.
1: Well, let, let's, let's talk about some takeaways from uh, today's show. Um, I think one of the things is don't place all your happy eggs in one basket. And, you know, uh, Teddy Keaton uh, does not have all of his happy eggs in one basket. Uh, he's got a family, uh, he's, uh, he definitely has his football program, uh, he, he has a perspective on who he is. And I think the other takeaway, uh, you got to control what you can control. And if you have abnormal dreams, you got to think in an abnormal way. And that's exactly what Teddy Keaton's doing. And if we get back to being fastidious, prepare, 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 prepare. And that's what Teddy Keaton's doing right now. But I, I, I want to mention one thing. You need to prepare to adjust. Because as you go up the ladder of success, uh, there's going to be a couple of rungs missing or a couple of rungs that uh, uh, fall to the weight of your feet on each uh, step. And you need to be able to adjust. And um, success is getting up one more time from defeat. And and you might want to change that word, defeat, to Teddy had a learning moment of adversity. That was a learning moment, and that adversity introduced Teddy to himself, and his significant other reminded him, You're Teddy Keaton. And um, look adversity in the eye. Don't blink. Relax. We're going to have adverse situations as you climb this mountain of success. I mean, sometimes, you know, the higher you go, uh, it's pretty steep, uh, Seth. And, um, Competition's is ferocious, uh, if in business margins are thinner, uh, finding the right people, training the right people, keeping the right people on your team, we're all faced with challenges, but we need to be ready for the unexpected, and when adversity comes, lower your breathing, unhinge your jaw, and look for the solution, you do not have a problem. You have a challenge. And Zoniacs, when we're challenged, we rise to the occasion. When you have an adverse situation, an adverse condition, an adverse circumstance, and it confronts you head on, rise to the occasion. Next, next step, keep looking over the horizon. Um, Teddy Keaton, uh, you're my hero for the day and you are today's definite Zoniac zone performer.
2: Before we get into the mailbag, visualization has such an integral part to play in getting back on track after these score breakers. And you'd mentioned to me before, we've talked about visualization, but we've never gotten all the way into the four types of visualization. And I really think that that may be a big takeaway for our week here. So, you know, we talk about the the blueprint, waking you up in the morning, tucking you into bed at night. I have reminders on my phone, visualization for each of the arenas each day, but we've never talked about how this is actually broken down into four categories.
1: Yeah. It, synchronized visualization, Um there there are four different types of visualization that, that we've discovered. Uh And the first type is task imagery or task visualization. And that's just, knocking an eight-foot putt over and over and over, one task after another. could be closing a presentation. It could be opening a speech, and you just go over the introduction, go over the opening. I know when I'm giving a big speech, uh, the most important thing for me is how to get on the stage and how to get off. I need to know how I'm going to open. I've got four or five ways to open, but I also need to know how do I close and wrap this thing up. And you can go over that task over and over and over again. Visualization is not just through your eyes, it's also hearing the ball go into the cup if you're a golfer, it's hitting a baseball to the opposite field, but it's hearing the ball hit the bat, it's hearing that sound of uh, hitting the ball solid, it's smelling the pine tar on the bat. So. Using all the faculties, all your five senses in this imagery, in this visualization, it's going to make it real. And visualization works for one reason your subconscious mind, which is the puppeteer in your success, does not know the difference between fantasy and reality. Now, let's take that eight foot putt, Seth, and task imagery, and let's change the situation. Same eight foot putt, breaking two cups. Right to left, going into the cup, but it's on the 18th green, it's in Augusta, it's on Sunday, the 72nd hole of the Masters, you drain the putt, you're going to be putting on the green jacket, you will be the Masters champion. That's a different putt. That's not that 8-foot putt that you had on the range back in your hometown. That's an eight-foot putt in front of the world. And when you visualize that, you're hearing the crowd. You're feeling it. And you have all the senses incorporated into that situation. So that's situational imagery. Then there's symbolic imagery. And our our dreams are made up of symbolism. And I just mentioned about uh, climbing a mountain of success. Now, there's a few people listening. You actually saw a cliff, a sheer cliff. And when I said, as you get closer to the top, it may be straight up and straight down. And some of you listening literally saw that in your mind's eye. And climbing that mountain is symbolic to you achieving your goals. So you can place yourself in a uh, rapids. Uh, in the Colorado River, and getting through the rapids leads you to whatever your dream or vision is. I do a symbolic imagery called the Hall of Doors. It's on my 92nd rule, where you're walking down a hallway with doors closed, and you're going in and opening each door, and there's different people behind the doors, and at the end of the hallway is a neon flashing sign beckoning you. It's Teddy Keating winning the conference in the fall. it's becking him, but those doors uh there's different people behind that. so when I do that guided uh visualization, I'm going to do that with a client later this afternoon that is symbolic imagery and then we come to the aftermath, and I think this is where a lot of uh a lot of people have failed aftermath visualization is Once you've achieved whatever you want to achieve, what happens next, and how do people respond to you, and how many athletes and how many just successful people did not have aftermath imagery? So they reached the pinnacle of fame, the pinnacle of success, all the trappings are coming their way, money. people that want your autograph, notoriety, a talk shows, magazine covers, you know, all of those things, and it can take you off your game. You look at Mike Tyson. Now, I was at Mike Tyson's first heavyweight fight. I'm at ringside, and I will tell you he's fighting Trevor Burick, Bur- Burbick uh, in uh, Las Vegas, and I was terrified you could feel the energy of Iron Mike walking in with a towel, hole cut through the towel, over his head. Burbick came in as the champion in a robe and a giant belt. Uh, and uh, Tyson walked in as a warrior off the street. And it was terrifying. Burbick was terrifying. I watched Iron Mike knock him out in the first round. And he was unbeatable, impossible. Then something happened. Gustamato, the person that discovered him, dies. Jimmy Jacobs, his manager, dies, and now the support team that insulated Iron Mike from the trappings of success, uh, they're gone. And the next thing you know in his career, in Tokyo, heavyweight fight, he, he gets knocked out by a journeyman, Buster Douglas, mainly because he was partying uh, with a lot of people, with alcohol, and who knows what all the night before, definitely something Gust uh his famous trainer, uh, wouldn't have allowed. And the next thing you know, I, Iron Mike's uh, got a prison sentence, and he's got a tattoo on his face, and he's lost all of his money, and there was no aftermath imagery. Uh, you can see a Lance Armstrong. You can see a lot of people uh, that have been like that. So. You want to have your visions of being successful, Seth, but what happens when you reach it? Uh, Getting to the top is one paradigm, and you need to make a shift in your mindset to climb that mountain. But once you get to the apex of whatever that is in business or sports or life in general, when you look around, the only footprints leading up to you are your own. Even with the zone coach coaching you, you're walking to the apex, not me. This is your life. It's not about me. So I'm not walking those last 20 steps up there with you. I'm saying, there it is. Go get it. Uh, it can be real lonely when you wake up. So you better have a plan afterwards. I th- I think getting there is one thing. Staying there, well, that's another paradigm shift that you're going to have to go through. So those are the four types of visualization. task. Situational, symbolic,
2: and the aftermath. Let's get into one of my favorite parts of the show. This is where you get access to world class coaching, the same wisdom that's guided some of the top performers in business, in entertainment, in sports. You got access to it right now. Ask Jim at JimFannon.com. Ask Jim at JimFannon.com to shoot off the question to us. I think this one, I kind of can't believe we haven't gotten it so far. Very short, but I I think almost everybody can relate to it. Hey, Jim, is hating to lose bad motivation that will mess me up? That's a
1: great question. Hating to lose, uh, it, it almost sounds like a double negative there. You know, hate, well, I'm not into hate, and losing, I don't like thinking about losing. But I will tell you this some of the athletes I've coached when they've had a setback, I tell them, Keep the residue of how negative you feel kind of tucked up under your lip like a little chew of tobacco, though I'm not advocating tobacco, but keep that taste that you don't like to maybe help you and spur you on and motivate you, but to dwell on the loss, and I'm not sure that's a positive thing. In fact, I believe it is not a positive thing. I know a lot of great competitors, Michael Jordan being one of them, hated to lose, but I think it's better to love to win and knowing when I don't win that I'm going to learn from the loss, and every loss is a learning moment. Some of us pick that up. Uh, Teddy Keaton lost, learned from it, and um, changed his life. And his life's continuing to evolve in a positive upward spiral. So, um, yeah,
2: that's my answer on hating to lose. Let's go to a different arena here. Of course, the score system isn't about putting all your happy eggs in one basket, just being a CEO, just being a pro athlete. You're more than that. (laughs) So let's go to the parenting arena right now. Hey, Jim, I heard you talk in a previous episode about how you used to teach pro tennis players to reboot and tap into different elements of the score system during the match. As a parent, how can I teach that to my own kids? Well, I think you can just take the reboot tool and
1: practice that together with your son or with your daughter, and I'll be doing that definitely with my grandson, Bowen, uh, when he's able to talk, obviously. Uh, He's three months old, but I'm looking forward to that. But, you know, the reboot is shutting your eyes, unhinging your jaw, lowering your breathing down to six to eight breaths, and um, clearing your mind. And then once your mind is a blank, dark screen, raise your chin above parallel, light switch, chin up. And when you open your eyes, send your energy to your next objective, your next task. Your next move. The reboot tool is a universal tool. It's not limited to sports, and you don't have to have your eyes shut. You just clear your mind, although that's preferable, not when you're driving a car, obviously. And um, you can reboot when you're in the zone. You know you're in the zone, and you're thinking about being in the zone. You better reboot. You better clear your mind and get back into the moment. So it helps you uh, lengthen the zone. Uh, stretch it like a rubber band but it's also uh, a great tool when you're hit with adversity and that's one of the th- ways I would do it if you do have a- adversity I know I f- uh, my father uh, was a professional boxer uh, I, I don't think he was that good I, I thought he was good then I, I saw his record later but hey, I won't get into that <laughs> but uh, he trained me how to fight which uh, uh, I didn't really uh want to do and eventually got out of uh pugilism with my dad. Uh but he said if you get hit flush cover up and relax and don't start swinging wildly, that's how you get knocked out. So if you get ambushed by a score breaker reboot, that's covering up just like my father told me when you get hit with a haymaker in the face. So Uh, I would teach that to your children. I would also teach the light switch to put their chin up. And I would also brandish the word next, that uh, next putt, next play, next shot, next swing. uh, Get next so that you're uh, continuing staying in the moment and it's just your next move.
2: Teach your kids. It's not too young to learn that. And, of course, we could never wrap up an episode of the Jim Fannin Show without taking you into the Zone Cafe. Because-
1: now, 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 the Zone Cafe, this is your cafe, listeners. This, this, this belongs to you. It has five items on the menu. We talk about them all the time. Right now, you need to order something that you believe you need. It's the missing link to get you into a zone state right now and maybe for the entire week. You can pull up your car to the drive-up window. Seth's back there cooking like crazy right now. (laughs) He's got the little hat on, and I'm back there uh, uh, helping also fill orders. You can order a big plate of self-discipline, the willingness and commitment, key word is commitment, to the tasks that lead to the goals that take you to a vision if you feel you need self-discipline, that's going to help you with strategy, tactics, having a plan. Uh, it's going to help you with mistake tolerance. It's going to help you with patience as you're executing that plan. If you need that, you can order it right now and don't, don't even look at the rest of the menu, but maybe maybe you got that together. Maybe you need concentration. Uh, we have a big bucket of it back here that we're, uh, we've made for you, and Concentration is when you have the feeling, I'm here right now and there's no place I'd rather be. It's being in the moment, executing the tasks, executing the goals on your way to a vision. It's mental and physical focus of your energy. And if you need that focus, maybe you think you're a multitasker. I I don't know any great ones. I, I know people that do it, and I've done it, but single-minded, single-purpose, one task at a time, how do you eat an elephant? How's Teddy Keaton going to build a football program? One player at a time, one task at a time. Maybe you need concentration, or maybe you need optimism, the belief, expectancy, sense of knowing the task will lead to the goals. And if you need that confidence that's going to help you trust your instincts, you can definitely order a big slab of optimism. But maybe, maybe you've been stressed out this week. Maybe you're worrying. Maybe you're anxious. Maybe you're grinding your teeth. Maybe you're not sleeping very well at night. Well, you might need a cool drink of refreshing relaxation. Get that serotonin level up uh, where you have that calm over you, jaw Um uh, Muscles relaxed. Uh, If that's what you need, place that order right now. But maybe, maybe you need some passion. Maybe you need um, uh, a giant bag of enjoyment to get a little dopamine into your bloodstream. And and that's the uh, pleasure, satisfaction, uh, enjoyment of executing those tasks and those goals. Sometimes we have some arduous tasks. That we need to do. Love the challenge. Love the challenge. Uh, Love the process. And uh, if that's what you need to get that passion back, order some enjoyment. So place your order. Take it away with you.
2: So Seth, what do you need? I'm going concentration this week. And one of the things I've found is that as you're growing, and that could be from sixth grade to seventh grade that could be from manager to vice president your situation is going to be different but concentration is one of those things that after you have a period of growth it feels like you really need to double up on for a new task and so i'm going concentration this week
1: well you know seth most people find this hard to believe in me but uh this week i'm ordering optimism does that mean i'm a pessimist absolutely not um i have a lot going on and Optimism is just me continually to selling me on me, and why do I need to do that? Well, if I'm not optimistic, how am I going to help all my clients be extremely optimistic? Uh, Optimism, just like the score level, is very, very contagious. And I'm going to bolster my optimism this week just as an insurance policy that I'm helping my clients be the best that they can be. So I don't want to think about it uh, every day. I'm just going to be it and keep selling me on the score system, uh, not only for my life, but also how I can help uh, get the score system to as many, many people as possible.
2: And by the way, one more thing we want to shout out before we, we get out of here. Obviously, we're a Chicago based show. So if you're in the area, Hinsdale Magazine has, has a guy I feel like I've seen before on the cover for the entire month It wow. says your best year ever. Oh, look at that. Uh, in an interview with Jim Fannin.
1: <laughs> uh, well, yes. Uh, thank you, Hinsdale Magazine. And, uh, yeah, I'm honored uh, uh, to definitely be on that show. Uh, just putting together a community magazine, that's an arduous task. Uh, we're uh, definitely going to have... Uh, Mr. Johnlish, the uh, publisher, we're going to have him on one of our shows and talk about his challenges on how to have uh, Scott Johnlish on how to have a successful business, definitely a successful magazine. I appreciate the shout-out.
2: And remember, the Score Cafe isn't just for the day you listen to the show. You can keep coming back and ordering another element that you need right then. And just because we won't join you for another week, doesn't mean you shouldn't be coming back, ordering self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, or enjoyment, whatever you need right then.
1: Yeah, this is the uh, proverbial score check. Uh, It's an awareness focusing tool. Every client that I've had, almost 2,500 clients in my career, all know the score check. So you can do it in the morning before your day uh, and go to the cafe, see what you need. uh, Or you can do it before a performance and you can do it at the end of the day to go, how was my score level? How'd I do? So, uh, yeah, go to the Zone Cafe and uh, get the score element that you definitely need. And the last thing, check out my book. I- I'm excited about it. Uh, again, we're launching it uh, uh, open to the public. It'll be in the bookstores February 27th, and you can definitely uh, pre order right now at amazon.com
2: that way you're not waiting for it you don't have to go out if you live in the northern states like us and fight through the next snowstorm to pick it up you can have it in your hand as soon as it's available the blueprint by jim fannin you can search amazon.com right now to pre-order
1: seth let's have a zone week everybody keep your mindset in the positive positive mode extreme positivity Go out and have an amazing
2: zone week. And we will see you right back here next week as we continue to build the score system and help you have your best year ever. I'm Jerry P. Tuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast.